Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Living Off the Land, episode 243. I'm Dan, uh, here with Steven, and uh, little Scarlet as well is here um, for tonight's episode. So if you hear some little squeaks in the background or pounding on tables a little bit, don't worry. That's just Scarlet, just, you know, doing her thing. Indeed, it's Three's company for episode 243 of Living Off the Land. It's but Wednesday it's Wednesday night. night. You know what that means. We got a lot of great content for you tonight, uh, and we're just going to... Well, I thought we were going to start off with the beer of the week, but... Uh, uh, no, full disclosure, uh, there's no beer this week because I forgot to get it. Oh, and well, well let's just make it double. There's there's no better known neighborhood either, so... Uh, ah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, we're just whizzing right along here, aren't we? <laughs> we're just going to jump right in uh, with... Uh, uh, I mean, we're just going to talk about sports. First of all, uh, we're going to get into uh, the week that was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but uh, uh, I need to talk about a extremely bad beat I had last night gambling. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do I know about this? No. I don't know about this. I have not said okay. anything about this yet. Uh, I had a parlay going last night. It involved Donovan Mitchell's return to the Utah Jazz. The Jazz. <laughs> and Donovan Mitchell held up his end of the bargain. The unfortunate thing is almost everybody else on the Cavaliers last night did not. Uh, so the parlay went as follows. Donovan Mitchell needed uh, 30 points. Don't you dare. I see you looking at it. Uh, Donovan Mitchell needed 30 points. He needed five assists. He needed three three-pointers made. He did all of those, almost did all of those in the first half. The other leg of the parlay was that the Cavs had to win. Oh, oh no! And Donovan lost Mitchell by two. Oh. And, and Donovan Mitchell was taking over the game in the fourth quarter, and it looked like we were going to win. He had gotten us a seven-point lead late in that game, and in fact, the uh, scenario that everybody has been talking about all day when it comes to uh, last night's game is that sequence when the Cavs were up 107-102 Karis LeVert uh, the the call the call was questionable um but he's I I don't know he maybe it's because I had and again I'm not throwing $100 bets I'm not even throwing $50 bets. It was it was a parlay for 10 bucks last night. But just the fact that now it's not only our fandom, it's the fact that we're throwing our hard-earned cash on these games. Cash, ladies and, and gentlemen, that's, cold hard cash. And what happened with Karis LeVert? Did you even did you even see or hear about that last night? I did not see any of this game. So okay. no. It's not, like you, it's not like you're co-host of a sports podcast. Um So Cavs are up 107-102. Riddle me this. Figure out how this is possible. Cavs are up 107-102. They didn't get the ball back until they were down 109-107. Oh, 
Okay, so that means the Jazz scored seven points without giving up possession. Yes. So let's see here. That would probably involve, and I'm assuming this wasn't like they tried to inbound and got the ball stolen. No, the ball, the ball, no, the ball. Cavs literally. So I'm thinking this must be like three and a foul plus a a T or a couple of T's. Jeez, that doesn't even make seven. Um, Make seven up yours. I don't know. That's that's all I got, man. Well, you were kind of there. Uh, Jordan Clarkson shot a three. Uh, they he made it. They called a foul. Then they reviewed it and decided it was a flagrant foul because Karis Levert was in Jordan Clarkson's landing zone. Uh, so wow, they call flagrants for that these days. Yeah, they have that? for the last few years. Ever since uh, Kawhi Leonard got. Injured by Zaza Pachulia in the playoffs. There's there's the uh, there's the landing zone rule. You can't you can't basically put your feet uh, underneath a guy who's coming down from shooting a jump shot. Um, so they called it a flagrant foul because he landed his. So he made the three. Uh, he then had two shots to make one as part of the flagrant. So he made the first, and then the Jazz got the ball back. Jazz get the ball back. Jordan Clarkson shoots a three, misses, but is fouled again by Karis LeVert. Wow. Makes all three free throws. Cavs are down 109-107. Oh, my goodness. So it was a three plus a one plus a three. Yes. Wow. Without the Cavs getting the ball back. That's almost as bad as what happened in the Xavier. That's just worse than the Xavier-UConn college game a few weeks ago where there was a made three-pointer plus a foul plus a a technical foul, which led to two technical free throws also. So that was a three plus a one plus a two. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, lost my parlay last night. And that's that's not even – well, that is the worst part about it. But here's the – so I had two parlays going last night, actually. Threw 10 bucks on both. The second parlay was uh, Donovan Mitchell over 28.5 points. Uh, Jared Allen, 11 points. Uh, over 11 points, over 10 and a half rebounds, and Cavaliers win. Jared Allen went out of the game in the first quarter with an illness, didn't return, had zero points, zero rebounds. I mean, just. That's the worst when you don't know all the information and you end up making a bet and that you end up losing through really no fault of your own just because of some ridiculous thing like that. Well, it's because it happened during the game. It's not that I didn't have the information. Like, he started. Oh, I mean, it could the first quarter. Oh, it couldn't be that he was feeling good at tip off and then just like felt so sick he couldn't return right after that. I mean, I guess maybe it's possible, but it's not likely. Yeah. So, uh, that happened last night. The Cavaliers lost by two. Uh, but uh, alas, um, yeah. So I was out twenty bucks last night. Obviously, twenty bucks not the end of the world, but you know, it's just annoying. Well, if we go through the week that was with the Cavs, if you go back to last Wednesday, the Cavs went 2-2 two and two over the last four games. They played twice against Phoenix and beat Phoenix both times. In between there, they had games at Denver and in Salt Lake City, which we just mentioned, and the Cavaliers dropped both of those games. Uh, they got beat up pretty handily by Denver on Friday night, and then last night the, uh, the Jazz just barely squeaked by, as we just said, that seven-point possession ultimately being the deciding factor. So... You know, the Cavs oh. are in the midst of a five-game West trip right now. They're one and two on this trip right now. 
And like they play said, in the Portland next... tomorrow night. Uh, the Portland ret- and Minnesota. I the return the of two? Ricky Rubio tomorrow night. Mm. He is back from his torn ACL. Oh, and one other thing last night uh, that got me all fired up about Karis LeVert. Despite all of that that happened, the Cavs were in a situation where they could have, I, be- I don't know if they could have tied or taken the lead at that point, but Donovan Mitchell found Karis LeVert wide open. I'm talking not anybody on the same side of the floor as him for a wide open three. And what do you think he did? Uh, okay, so there's only two options here. Either he shot it and bricked it. He bricked it. Okay, that was my first guess. Bricked it. The guy is useless in late game situations. He's horrible. The other thing I would have guessed would be he, he stepped on the end line and it was a turnover or something like that. That would have been even that, – that actually would have been a better outcome because at least I we wouldn't have known that he's incapable of hitting a wide-open three. That uh, that and uh, Kevin Love is about 0 for the century uh, on three-pointers. He's ice cold and has been for a he's while. He's like one now. out of his last 18 from three or something like that. I mean – it's just so front. This team is not going to go anywhere unless they get somebody that outside of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, who are guys that handle the ball a lot, that can hit a three. We need somebody that can just stand in the corner and make a three. And I'm sorry, even though he's good at defense occasionally, Isaac Okoro is not that guy. I've he's seen enough of Isaac all. Okoro. Nope. He is absolutely not that guy, flat out. And I mean, you you've been pounding it for so long, Dan, and I, and you, it's very specifically. Like Karis Levert is not that guy. Kevin Love lately has not been that guy. Chetty Osman, not that guy. No. I mean, just somebody hit a shot, other than uh, Garland or or uh, uh, Mitchell. I mean, Evan Mobley's offensive game regressed. Now, he was taking over the game defensively last night, other than the fact that he couldn't get a defensive rebound. The Jazz had, like, eight or nine offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. Well, there you go. Aside from bad free throw shooting, letting the other team get offensive rebounds is the easiest way to lose a game, practically. It was, um, And you want to know what you want to know uh, what, what preceded that seven-point uh, barrage? We couldn't get we couldn't get a hold of an of, of a rebound on a missed shot before that. <sighs> so frustrating. Last night's game was so freaking frustrating, especially because the Cavaliers had one of their prototypical start of the second halves where they, you know, it was a tie game at halftime, and then you blinked and they were down fifteen in the middle of the third quarter. They were able to fight back and get it into single digits before the fourth quarter and fought back in the fourth. But, I mean, when are these guys going to make adjustments at halftime? They always come out. This is and this isn't just like a JB thing. This is like a franchise epidemic. This has been going on with this franchise for years. It's been going on since the first Mike Brown era. Yeah, and I'm sure this happens to other teams too. Like, we don't watch every game of every team. We watch the majority of our team's games. But, man, how often is it the Cavs have a good first half or, you know, are in the game at halftime, tie game, up a couple, down a couple, whatever, and then they just come out and they just are asleep to start the second half. It happens all the time. And it happened last night. 
But, you know, what I will say, I, I'm very much more upset about this because I lost my bets. I I went yeah, into this I last mean, I night. I too. I went into this last night or yesterday before the game thinking, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't even bet on this because the Cavs never win in Utah. Ever. So maybe I just should have listened to myself. But I saw the odds and I'm like, okay, whatever. It's ten bucks. And it didn't hit and be and the way it didn't hit is what made me mad. So you know, Utah, Salt Lake City is not an easy place for a lot of teams to play because, A, it's far away. B, it's a situation where you're playing at high altitude. You know, if the Jazz are any good. Oh, it's getting a little fussy right now. Maybe she wants to talk about the fact that she just turned one last week, perhaps. Um, you know, she uh, came into the world on January 3rd, 2022, and is now... Uh, just had her first birthday. And you know how, you know, the whole thing nowadays is everybody has these big themed parties and everything. You see mm -hmm. them all over Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And, you know, we, we're just not that way. You know, we don't ball out like that. We don't show off. So, like, you know, she just, you know, kind of hung out with me, Ren, and my parents. And we just, you know, had dinner in. And it was, it, was, it was all good. She had a bunch of toys and it was all, all cool. She got this, you know, guitar where you press the, the buttons and it plays and, you know, a few other things, this uh, building, like there's like these five uh, Decker flower that she just kind of builds and rebuilds and takes the stuff out and it sings when you put the pieces on. And, mm -hmm. you know, everything's uh, everything's going pretty good in Scarlet's world right now. Um, and it does, um, as it turns out, uh, you know, she's getting exposed to various programs and, and she loves TV and whenever sports are on, she's always watching too. So, uh, hmm. you know. We got the playoffs coming. Oh, we, uh, of course, have the NFL playoffs starting this weekend. And, um, you know, I did this thing on uh, on text earlier this week where I – because a constant theme right now, and you probably don't agree with this because you don't, you don't take secondary teams. Yeah, but the big topic of discussion is now that the Browns are out, who, if anyone, should you root for in the playoffs if you have no other ties with any other teams or any other cities in the draw? And I posed this thing where I asked five questions to some people, including your brothers and my wife. And I'm actually going to read these off to read Scarlett's example and see what her answer is. Mm -hmm. So first question is, when you go on trips, do you typically fly or drive? Two is, if you find a quarter on the ground, are you picking it up or not? Three is, how do you like your steak, rare or well done? Four, if you're a tree, what would you be, a palm or an evergreen? Or five and five is pick a number between one and a hundred. In Scarlett's case, she prefers to fly. She would definitely pick up a quarter on the ground because she picks up everything. <laughs> she likes her steak well done because Ren likes her steak well done and would never give her a rare steak under any circumstances. That's she's not allowing her to experience the gifts of life. Maybe not in that case. If she was a tree, she would definitely be a palm tree because she loves warmth and hates cold. And pick a number between 1 and 100. Well, I'm not really sure what she'd pick, but I'm guessing she would go for a big number. So if you extrapolate that out to the NFL, you have when you go on trips, you typically fly or drive. If you're flying, that means that you are you like a team that likes to pass the ball a lot. Driving would be for a run team. 
if you are picking up a quarter on the ground, it means that you value the little things. In this case, you're picking a team that is from a small market. If you like a well-done stake, and that means that you like a team that is well-seasoned with veteran players. And on the fourth one, if you... Oh, I forgot what the fourth one is. Uh, I believe... Uh, what did you say? The... Uh... The, f I know the fifth one was the number one, but the fourth, oh gosh, I actually have to relook it back up. Um, I can't. It remember. was it was whether you're a palm tree or an evergreen tree. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So obviously she would like a team from the south as opposed to a team from the north. And then with the numbers, we'll just say for sake of argument, she could go with a team that likes offense or defense. Because if you're picking a big number, you like a team that could light up the scoreboard. If you're picking a lower number, then it's one that you know, is good at defense. will keep teams off the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. So when you factor in all that information, her team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, do do ball. And when I went through the rest of the folks who did this, your brother, Mike came out with the New York giants. Your brother, Anthony ah, no came chance. out with the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. And I came out with the Philadelphia Eagles. My wife, Aren came out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. She loves well-done steaks. She loves warmth and uh, likes to fly. I'm sorry. She's lying to herself. Nobody likes well-done steak. <laughs> right? She Nobody. was the first person I've ever met who did. Oh, my, so. my, my Aunt Kim likes her steak kick, uh, cooked like a hockey puck. <laughs> so there's burnt, and then there's what Aunt Kim likes. <laughs> well, Kimmy. So... This isn't drum practice. Oh, apologies, folks. She has she's gotten herself away. She was actually really well behaved right before the show went on, but you know. Uh, okay, so let's see. Let's see what my team is. So run through those again. Okay, so do you when you go on trips, do you like to fly or drive? Uh, fly because it's uh, it's quicker. I used to uh, I used to you, like driving. As I'm getting older, I don't like driving anymore. Yeah. If you were a tree, would you be a palm or an evergreen tree? Uh, let's go evergreen. I've never lived anywhere where there's a palm tree, so. Uh, do you like your steak rare or well done? Uh, medium rare. Medium rare. Okay. Uh, pick a number between one and a hundred. Hmm. Let's go 21. 21. And if you find a quarter on the ground, are you picking it up or not? No. Not picking it up. Okay, so you're going for a team that likes to pass, that is from a big market, that could have veterans or rookies, that is – I forget what you pick on tree. Did you pick palm tree? Uh, evergreen. You picked the evergreen tree. So you're picking a team from the north and the number? 21. 21, team that likes defense. Oh, that's a lot of contradictory information. I gotta pick somebody that I gotta pick somebody that you haven't picked. Well, you know what? Okay, so there's one that is actually pretty obvious. If I oh, can no. just get over question question two is not right in this case, but the other four are. And that's what was, the, what was question two? Question two is the quarter one. Are you picking it up or not? Oh, okay, um, but you asked me that last. I in this case it was question five. Okay, but. This team likes to fly, has a mix of veterans and rookies, is from the north, and is good at defense, and that team is the Buffalo Bills. Ah! 
You know, normally I'm not really a Buffalo Bills fan. I have a weird way why. I think I've explained it on this podcast before, but um, with the whole DeMar Hamlin situation and everything going on, they're probably the team that I'm going to be rooting for, I guess. Uh, so I guess that's fitting. There you go. They really are the sentimental choices. Wow, like, you know, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo like the Bills. Buffalo Bills. So, okay, interesting. So you couldn't have repeats. You had to pick. I mean, theoretically, I could have a repeat, but yeah. it, it worked out. What, what so was far the other team I was close to? The other team that you were close to was the Minnesota Vikings. But okay, then the, go, it would have been the, the def, it would have been the defense question that would have been wrong. I'm good with the case. Bills. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with the Bills. Uh, okay, great. Well, uh, that's not going to be my Super Bowl pick, but hey, if they do win, then great. Uh, do we want to just go into, uh, our predictions? I do want to talk a little bit about the Browns defensive coordinator search. We could save that to the end. Sure. Um, let's, let's talk about it. Let's go through Wild Card weekend. Um, we're going to pick the games, uh, against the spread here t- okay. today. Um, and then we'll give our, we won't go through the, the divisional and the, that other rounds we'll do that next like weeks as they're you know sure, proceeding sure, sure, through sure. the playoffs but we will give a super bowl prediction tonight okay so let's run through the games and we well, will I, talk about each one we'll actually start with your brother mike because he already provided his choices he went with san francisco the giants tampa buffalo cincinnati and the la chargers okay against the spread yeah, so I agree with him with the 49ers. Uh, I don't see any way the Seahawks keep that game within 10. You uh, could give me any number, and I would be taking the Niners. San here. Francisco is a 9.5-point favorite in this game. Yeah, that's uh, easy. I'm definitely doing that. Easy money. Uh, I mean, that it's pretty much straight up. I mean, do, do we even want to tie? I think the 49ers have the best overall team in football. It's just... He's been great since he's had to take over. That is Brock Purdy, uh, the seventh-round draft pick this past season. But do we trust him in a playoff setting? In this case, I do, just because the Niners' defense is not going to give up a whole bunch of points against Seattle. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, once it gets to the later rounds and he has to actually win games as opposed to just not lose them, yeah. that's the real question. You know, Can the Niners get through a situation like that? Like If they play, let's say, Philadelphia and they got to score 30 points to win, are they going to be able to do that? Yeah, I, well, I think, I think the same would go for if they play, well, any of the AFC teams in the Super Bowl, Cincinnati, Buffalo, or Kansas City, you know, someone like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the scenario for them is – uh, they can't get behind early. They yeah, can't get behind. Be they can't get behind a couple scores where, you know, they start feeling like they have to throw. I mean, the reason why Brock Purdy's been so successful is the 49ers haven't haven't put him in situations where they need him to throw the ball down the field because they need to make up a bunch of points. They've just been mauling people. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's a scenario. Seattle's pretty much Seattle's only hope of winning this game is if you know. They get a turnover early. They convert it into points, and they just play from in front the whole game. Yeah, that's the only that's the only chance. I mean, if they get behind against the Forty ers good night. Forget, Forget it. it. It's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might lose by three touchdowns. So that's a very likely. I'm actually thinking about 
thinking about wagering on that game. Uh, the other game on Sunday night is uh, Chargers at Jaguars. The Chargers are favored in this game on the road. They are minus two. Give me Jacksonville. You're taking Jacksonville straight up. Definitely, I, I do money line. Money line, absolutely. Okay. I just, and, and this is a reversal for me because I've been on the Chargers all year. You know that saying that they're, you know, frankly better than they are. But mm-hmm. Jacksonville's on a roll right now. They're at home in this game. I and the Chargers don't have a good history in the postseason. So give me Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I just Jacksonville's on a roll right now, and uh, you know, for a team for a city and a team that's considered the smallest market in the NFL they on that win and get in game for the division they had that stadium absolutely rocking they did and I expect it to be no different on Saturday and well documented on this podcast I don't trust the Chargers head coach an absolute lick and he's from Northeast Ohio so kind of hurts but Brandon I don't trust Brandon Staley at all I don't trust him with the game on the line, and I don't trust the Chargers organization with the game on the line. Yeah, so, so they are noted I mean, choke artists. Not that Jacksonville is a team that really inspires confidence in that situation, but with the way they're playing right now, I think but you got a, you, you got like a quarterback that's playing really well, and you have a head coach that's won a Super Bowl. Right, I mean that's huge, Doug like, Peterson. Yeah, somebody's not. I mean, he's not going to wilt in in the bright lights. So, no. and and I'm talking about as as a coach. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going with Jacksonville, too. So we got both home teams winning on Saturday. Now we go to Sunday, and at 1 o'clock, boy, you talk about spreads not being big enough. The Dolphins are going into Buffalo to face the Bills. Tua Tagovailoa has been ruled out already. They will be starting their third stringer, Skylar Thompson. The line on this game is Buffalo minus 13. 13, yeah. In a playoff game. I know, that's a 13. big line. That's a big line, Scarlett. Yeah. Um, yeah, and give me Buffalo because uh, Miami, again, you said no tag of Iloa. Yep. They got to play at Buffalo. It's going to be cold. You know, maybe not like earth-shatteringly so, but yeah. I just, nah, I, I, I can't see it. Miami's going to have a long day. Yeah, I agree. I That game's going to be over before Miami even gets off the bus. Okay, uh, now we move to 4.30, and we've got – this is the game that I don't know which way to go. The New York football giants, the G-Men, go into Minnesota, the big big, uh, greenhouse, the big glass box uh, in Minneapolis to take on the Vikings. Minnesota is minus three in this game. Yeah, so this one's basically a pick 'em. The three points usually given to home teams, and this really is like the toss-up game of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, Giants have been playing pretty good for the most part in the last few weeks. I mean, they they had a swoon in the third quarter of the season, but it seems like they've reasserted themselves. The Vikings, you just never know what you're going to get from the Vikings week to week. Yeah, and more often than not, recently it's been bad. So. Uh, boy, this is – I would never bet on a game involving the Vikings, quite frankly. Uh, but the Giants have been a pretty good team when I've been betting on them this year. So, you know what? Give me the Giants. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants too. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win outright three points. I mean, you know, the Giants could be down by like 
could be up by like two in this game and Minnesota hits a field goal at the, at the buzzer or something like that. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with the Giants. What I will say is for a betting standpoint, I am staying the hell away from this game. I will not be putting a wager on this game, that's for sure. Absolutely not. The Vikings are on my complete and utter no list, along with the Colts and the Falcons. I just will not bet on any game involving either of them. Yeah. So the Sunday night game is a rematch of last week. And the Chiefs. Um, The Ravens travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. They enter the jungle. And the Bengals are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I do not believe Lamar Jackson will be playing in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts there, eight-and-a-half, for, for, a, division, for a, a divisional playoff game, really? Interdivision playoff game. You know, that's uh, to me, that's dependent on whether Lamar Jackson plays. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm guessing he's probably not going to play. Yeah, and I don't even think if he, he is. does, it's his first game back in a while. That's kind of asking a lot. The Bengals are playing with a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. I've said all year that Baltimore is the better team, and I think they were until, again, unsurprisingly, Lamar Jackson ends up getting hurt, and they end up going downward. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Bengals. I mean, it was, what, 11 points last week, and it landed right on the number. I could see a similar scoreline this time, too, 10, 13, 14. So, yeah, give me Cincy. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to throttle the Ravens. Um, I think they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. So, this one's easy for me. Give me the Bengals. As much as it pains that, me. That, that's hard to argue against. And you know what? The world's smallest violin for Baltimore. I yeah, get the them. hell out of here. Yeah, with them. Nonsense. And then, on Monday Night Football... The Dallas Cowboys traveled to the big pirate ship to take on the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dallas, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Tom Brady. Does that line stink or what? (laughs) What, are you kidding me? Dallas is favored in the playoff game? Against Tom? On the road. What? Yeah. Uh, no. That just that boo. Give me Tampa. All yeah. day, all night. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night, Dallas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um and to be quite honest, the Bucks are not very good, but uh I mean you are absolutely foolish if you are given their uh recent history, and by recent I'm talking the last like two and a half decades of uh playoff exploits. Uh, with the Cowboys, um, they I am no chance, no chance. You know what this really shows? This game and the Jacksonville Chargers game shows that Vegas is prioritizing regular season records over who's playing good now and over history. And I just don't get that, quite frankly. But you know what? These guys are pretty smart. I mean, we what did we do for the regular season? We were about five hundred on picks for the most part. So. Yeah. We think we know a lot, but, you know, in the end, it's only as much as we could have just blindly guessed and probably had about the same, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there you have it. And then, obviously, the uh, the Eagles and the Chiefs are on buys this week. And uh, so now we're going to give our way-too-early Super Bowl predictions for these playoffs. Uh, who do you see – uh, playing in the playoff or playing in the Super Bowl this year. 
So my early Super Bowl pick is Buffalo versus Philadelphia. Okay. I think Buffalo is just such a sentimental favorite at this point, and they've been extremely good to begin with. So I don't think they really need the extra motivation, but they but they have it now. Yeah. And I think that uh, they're going to end up uh, getting through the AFC. Yeah. The okay. NFC really is a binary choice between Philadelphia and San Fran. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just going Philly just because I like Philly better, honestly. I mean, you could easily make a case for San Fran, but I don't know. I guess just hard overhead on that one. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco is going to have to, assuming that the Eagles get to the, and both of those teams get to the NFC Championship game, San Francisco will have to go cross-country to Philadelphia, a uh, very hostile place to play uh, for uh, for the right to go to the Super Bowl. But uh, they did go into Lambeau in the NFC Championship game last year and win, so they're not uh, unaccustomed to doing that. But uh, San Francisco is a team that could easily travel anywhere and win. Yeah, I, the, the way that they're built, they can win anywhere. Um, so, boy, this is tough. I'm going to go 49ers, Bills. Okay. I Tell like your pick in the AFC. Yeah. All right. I just, I just think San Francisco is too good of a team. Now, the Eagles the Eagles have been really, really good this year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see Jalen Hurts. I, I don't, even though he played in week 18, I still don't think he was healthy. Um, he I don't think so either. He is getting the bye week, so that's important for him. Um, but you know, they go as Jalen hurts goes. I mean, as soon as they got hurt, that's when they started losing games. So, yeah. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, I just, I, I, I think, I think San Francisco's got the edge at on the roster. I think they have the edge of coach. Um, I give them the edge of quarterback. So if Jalen hurts is Jalen hurts, I think the Eagles have a good chance of winning, uh, that matchup. If it is those two teams playing the NFC, uh, championship game. But, Who do you uh, think is the better shot at taking down Buffalo, Kansas City or Cincinnati? Oh, that's tough, man. I I didn't want to talk about it, but because I know you you especially picked the Bengals to really struggle this year, coming off of the super the Super Bowl losing hangover. Man, I was really puffing my chest after the first two weeks too, and then the Bengals yeah. just were unbelievable after that. Um, I oh boy. So if Buffalo plays Cincinnati, the game would be at Buffalo. If That's Buffalo correct. plays Kansas City, the game will be at a neutral site. Some place to be determined, yes. I think it's I, I think it's Cincy. I don't believe it or not. I don't disagree with you. I so, think Kansas City has bust potential in the playoffs. I think they could lose in the divisional round depending I mean, on who they look end up at, playing. Are we overlooking Kansas City a little bit? I I wonder about that, but yeah, I kind of feel the same way. That, yeah, you know, just the Chiefs just inexplicably gave away the game against Cincinnati last year. They probably should have lost to Buffalo the previous week. Uh, I I don't know. They seem a little bit flaky to me for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, as a as a as a record, them not bringing back Tyreek Hill didn't really hurt them from a record standpoint. I just think it's it's going to it's going to rear its ugly head in in the biggest moments of the biggest games. 
And at the end of the day, do you really trust the Chiefs' defense? No. I don't. No, I don't. So, yeah, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, yeah, I think it's Cincinnati. And I think probably the only reason why I'm not picking Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl again is because I just don't want to see it. <laughs> right? I mean, I feel like if Mike was in the studio, he would be taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't even be able to really argue too much against it either. Right. No, that well, that's what I'm saying. I can't really argue against the Bengals. It's just hard overhead. I don't want to see the Bengals go to the Super Bowl again. Hmm. Could you imagine that fan base if they actually won the Super Bowl? Oh, my God. That'd be pretty rough, honestly. Uh, that nearly came to fruition a year ago. Thank goodness the Rams yeah. were able to pull that game out. So that's why, hey, even though I haven't liked you pretty much my whole life, go Bills or whatever the hell their thing is. I, what's their what's their like catchphrase there? What's the Bills catchphrase? Bills like Mafia. Slogan? There you go. But yeah, Bills Mafia. I'm an honorary member of Bills Mafia for these AFC playoffs. Because quite frankly, I really don't want to see Kansas City go back to the Super Bowl again either. No, no, I don't they've think anybody been, wants to see that. They've been there now twice, right? Kansas City's been to the Super Bowl twice. Well, no. they, uh, wait. So they went to Super Bowl four and won it way back when. No, I meant then, like I meant like in this run with oh with in this run with Mahomes, they've, they've been twice. Okay, twice. They they beat the 49ers, but then oh, they yeah, lost they got to smoked Tampa by Tampa. That's right. yes, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, so, they've been there twice. The Bengals went there last year. I, I let's get let new blood in there. So Buffalo. So Scarlett, who are you picking? Oh, that's very interesting. So, um, Scarlett, like you, is also taking the 49ers hmm. in the NFC. Okay, she's taking Jacksonville. Oh, she's taking yeah? Jacksonville in the AFC. Wow, Duval. She's going with upset potential here. Big but time. you know what? Evidently, she thinks the Chiefs are flaky because she has them going out in the second round. Well, hey, she definitely <laughs> thinks the Chargers are flaky. I agree with you there, little Scarlet. So, we'll all see right, how that goes. Cool, interesting. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how good we are with our predictions. So, you had Philly and Buffalo. Yes. So there's a chance. There's a very minute chance that your prediction and mine actually. Mine more than yours, because both of my teams play this weekend. Only one of your teams plays this weekend. That the, it, 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 it could actually just you know go right out the window in the worst week. Just I don't think tear that's it up, going, you know, right on the first I, weekend. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Could Miami possibly? I mean, and Seattle, no. like, it just doesn't. If they had a hey. healthy Tua, maybe. Yeah, you could make a case for that because they did beat them back in September with yeah when they're healthy. But, yeah, but not yeah. with Skylar Thompson. No, <laughs> sorry. Not going to happen. There's and only then, room for one good rookie QB in the playoffs, and that's Brock Purdy. I don't think – I think all the air in the room has been taken away on that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay. So those are our wild card playoff predictions and our Super Bowl predictions. Oh, well, we had those two teams um, – we had those two teams uh, – we picked our matchups for the Super Bowl. We didn't pick who was gonna actually going to win. No, we did not. Well, let's do that. If we're going to give our – if we're going to give our matchup now, we might as well say who we think is going to win. Uh, so I'm not having taken Philadelphia to the Super Bowl. I'm not going against them now. So I'm, I'm taking the Eagles and I'm going Niners. So funny. I actually think the three, I actually think three of the four best teams in these playoffs are in the AFC, but I'm taking that one that's in the NFC to, to make the playoffs. We all, I Super mean, Bowl. we've been saying for weeks, the, the NFC championship game might, I mean, as good as those three teams are in the AFC, 
we felt that the NFC Championship could be tantamount to who wins this thing. Yeah. And that seems to be the way we're thinking. And uh, Scarlett, what's your call here? She is just like, uh, you, really? She, she's going with the Jaguars. She loves the Jaguars. Folks, Scarlett can't talk. S- Steve's just making that up. So, hey, so. it'll be a run for the ages that the Jaguars pull this thing out, and you oh, will look course. like a genius. Of course. I think that'd be great if they won. They're going to have to, like, ESPN's going to be calling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so. Uh, because we didn't do a beer and we didn't do a neighborhood, this is going to be a shorter episode tonight. But I did want to talk about one last topic um, on tonight's episode, and that is in relation to our Cleveland Browns. The Browns quickly and swiftly uh, relieved defensive coordinator Joe Woods of his duties at promptly 6.30 in the morning on Monday, Black Monday, Uh, we got the fired coach after the loss at Pittsburgh, like we generally do. It was not the head coach though. It was the defensive coordinator. Um, so obviously we haven't hired anybody as of this moment, but the people who are rumored and confirmed to be interviewing for the job are... Bear with me one second. I am just pulling that up. Actually, we actually did a poll and got a ton of votes on it. Thank you, everybody, for voting. By the way, Joe Wood's gone. It may have been inevitable, but yay, ding dong, the Wicked Witch is dead. Yeah. So uh, the confirmed interviews for the Browns, Jim Schwartz interviewed for the job today. He is the former Eagles defensive coordinator, former Lions head coach, and he's the current special defensive assistant for the Tennessee Titans. He was also on the Browns staff back in the 90s when Bill Belichick was the coach of the Browns. Uh, Gerard Mayo, who is a former Patriots linebacker, he is a defensive assistant uh, with the Patriots. He essentially calls the the defensive plays uh, for the Patriots and is a fast-rising uh, coach in, the, in league circles. Uh, he's 37 years old and is being considered – by the Browns as defensive coordinator. And then there is former Miami Dolphins head coach, current Steelers uh, senior assistant and linebackers coach, Brian Flores. Now, just going over the poll results, we had about 450 votes, and 80% of that vote came in for Brian Flores, which I, I wasn't too terribly shocked. Um, a couple other names, I, I put other on there as well. A couple other other names that were listed: Jim Leonard, who is the defensive, who was the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, former Browns safety. Um, somebody, uh, somebody said uh, Greg Williams. Somebody said Wade Phillips. Those were obviously had to be jokes. Uh, somebody else said Lovey Smith. And uh, so yeah. of the 450 votes went for Brian Flores. That's who I want. Now, the interesting thing about this is that I don't think Kevin's... Now, again, I have no idea. This is just my my thoughts. I don't think Kevin Stefanski wants Brian Flores. And let me... Let me put it like this. 
quarterback's Deshaun Watson, correct? Deshaun Watson, when he first requested a trade from the Houston Texans, before all of the off-the-field stuff came down, he one of the reasons why he wanted to play for the Miami Dolphins, and this is well-publicized, he wanted to play for Brian Flores. He really liked Brian Flores. He respected Brian Flores. And he wanted to play for a guy like that. Now, obviously, everything with Brian Flores happened, and he got fired unceremoniously from Miami, filed the lawsuit against the NFL, and this is where we stand. He is a positional coach in the NFL because of all of that. So that's that's one. I think uh, I think Deshaun Watson would welcome. Now, again, Deshaun Watson's not making the decisions for the Cleveland Browns, and I don't want him to. He's a player. He shouldn't be making these decisions. But it would be interesting to see uh, him, Brian Flores, that is, come in and lead this defense because he's the complete antithesis of Joe Woods. Joe Woods never blitzed. Brian Flores, when he was head coach of the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins had the highest blitz rate in the entire NFL. So you're going from one extreme to another, which is interesting. Could backfire, could not. Who knows? Um, the other thing, and the main reason why I say that I don't think Kevin Stefanski wants Brian Flores deep down is because Kevin, Stans- Kevin Stefanski, if that happens, could be looking at the guy that's going to end up taking his job. And what I mean by that is if the Browns start slow again, like they did this year, they started 3-7 and seven in their first 10 games, Let's say doomsday scenario, the Browns come out and they start two and six. Kevin Stefanski's getting fired during the season. No ifs, fans or buts about it. I mean, his his ass is hot right now. He is firmly on the hot seat, even though he's back. He was not fired. But he is firmly on the hot seat. Um so if you hire a guy like Gerard Mayo. No disrespect to Gerard Mayo, but he's never been a coach. Or he's never been a head coach in the NFL. Brian Flores has. Gerard Mayo is not somebody that Kevin Stefanski is going to have to be looking over his shoulder at trying to take his job every five minutes. You know if the Browns hire Brian Flores to be defensive coordinator at the first, uh, first inkling of things not going well, People are going to be clamoring for Kevin Stefanski to be fired and Brian Flores to be put in as head coach. 100%. And for me, a guy like Jim Schwartz, he's been a head coach before. Uh, he's he's been He's been very far removed from it. I don't know how much he really wants to be a head coach anymore. Um, so I don't know if they really will be, like, if Stefanski would really fear um, a guy like uh, Jim Schwartz. I actually think Stefanski and Jim Schwartz uh, would work very well together. But for me, I think that this defense needs a complete and utter overhaul. And that means different ideas. So, I want Brian Flores to be the next defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. That's step one. Step two is in the uh, in the uh, in the press conference with Andrew Barry and uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, yesterday. 
Andrew Barry said that uh, they are not – they will be able to do everything they want financially. The salary cap's not going to be an issue. Right now, I think the Browns are projected to have less than $5 million in salary cap, but they will be able to do what they need to from a salary cap standpoint. So whether that's restructuring Deshaun's contract, I mean, you could even restructure Miles Garrett's contract. His salary cap number is kicking in this year, uh, this next year. Uh, I think John Johnson is a potential post-June 1st cut. Um you know, there are things that you can do. So he um, he hinted at that cap flexibility as we move forward into the offseason, so I'm not really worried about that. So that's kind of where we stand right now. Um, maybe we'll have some updates next week. Maybe we'll have a new defensive coordinator next week. I don't know. Do I think Brian Flores is interested in this Browns job? Yes. Do I know if he's just going to jump at it if the Browns offer it to him? I'm not sure. Because there's a chance that he might get a couple head coaching interviews. He's been a head coach in the NFL before. Um, and then I'm sure he's going to get other defensive coordinator um, interviews. So it'll be interesting. But does he view the Browns situation as a place where, you know, maybe he can get back into head coaching and he can coach uh, Deshaun Watson, who he wanted to coach in Miami? You never know. So, but that's where we stand. And, uh, yeah, so we're going into the playoffs now, but still have our eye, obviously, on everything that's going on in the Browns world. But, uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Living Off the Land. Uh, appreciate you guys listening, as always. Uh, thanks for always checking in with us. Uh, you can follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. And uh, we will see you guys next week. We're done with postgame shows for the year. But uh, we will be back with a new episode every week, like always. So thanks a lot. Have a good night. Have a good rest of your week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, bye.